Hello, and welcome back to the Wise Athlete Podcast. This is episode 37 with Sean Anderson, who is just back from a 250-mile trek across Spain. Sean is a guy who does things, big things that most people wouldn't dream of doing. But Sean thinks we should all just get out of our comfort zone, do something, anything bigger than we are comfortable doing, if only just to stretch ourselves a little bit. And once you start, who knows where you'll go. I asked Sean to join us on the Wise Athlete Podcast because I was feeling that I had lost my own adventurous heart, and I hoped he could help me see a path back to being that person who did adventures. I gave up doing adventures some years ago because I was getting too old, but that was a mistake. As a preview, I'll tell you that Sean Anderson has ridden his bicycle across the USA solo twice, and he is not a trained cyclist. He has trekked across the country of Japan the long way. He created a national Extra Mile Day movement November 1st, a day recognizing volunteer heroes who go the extra mile and making a difference. And he has written seven books, hitting number one on Amazon in motivation and self-help several times. If you are looking for your own adventurous heart, then you need to listen to my conversation with Sean. He is the real deal. All right, let's talk to Sean. Sean, welcome to the Wise Athletes Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm lucky to be here. Thank you so much for having me today. Yes, Sean, so welcome to have you on board. Thank you, Glenn. Yes, Glenn, and good to see you. Uh, and waving back at you, Glenn. Okay, good. Uh, well, Sean, you're an interesting fellow. Thank you for taking some time to talk to us. You're not the normal kind of guy we get on here, <laughs> but you told me you had an adventurous heart. And I saw some of the things that you've done. And I think you do have an adventurous heart. And I'm very jealous. I used to have an adventurous heart. And as I got older, I lost it. And I think, I, I think you could help me get it back. Mm. What do you think? Love it. Let's see what we can do. Well, great. Would you, for the benefit of our audience, just give us a little uh, overview of who you are and some of the things that you've done? Well, really, I build myself as a pretty ordinary guy, but uh, the one thing that makes me different is I believe in living an extraordinary life. Yeah, I've written seven books. A few of them I've been lucky to hit number one in the motivation and self-help category in Amazon. I've created adventures in over 50 countries, including having walked across eight and staying on my home ground in the United States. I've actually pedaled a bicycle as a non-bicyclist, coast to coast, twice. Yeah. So at 58, you know, I really don't believe that my best days are behind me, but I still have a vision and an intention greater than I've ever had. And I believe that the best of the future days are days to look forward to. Great. Uh, there's a couple of things that I know about you that I'd like to dive into. One of them that is going to be interesting to everybody listening is the fact that you have ridden across the continent, the United States, ocean to ocean twice. And both times were solo. Is that right? Right. The very first time it was, uh, I had I'd become a vegetarian and I'd lost a lot of weight and people go, God, you just look like you've lost so much weight and you're not healthy. But yet I felt so good. I had so much energy in me. And I said, you know what? I'll tell you how, I'll show you how unhealthy I am. There's a store out in California called REI. It's an outdoor store. I didn't really have a bicycle. I went to the store that weekend. I bought myself the biggest ass heavy metal bike you could find because I knew no different. On that Monday, because I had a big window on my time schedule, I dipped the back tire in a place called Fort Cronkite, California, which is right on the San Francisco Bay. 48 days later, 
I dipped the front tire in a place called Virginia Beach, Virginia. I went from the Pacific to the Atlantic, 83 miles a day as a non-bicyclist. I returned home and said, yeah, I think I'm doing pretty good. How'd you get home? I took a train. I took a train. <laughs> so you, you have know. an adventurous heart, but you're not stupid. Yeah, no, you know, uh, I mean, it, it's definitely a long trek across the country. And that back then, that big, heavy metal bike, and I was carrying my stuff on my bike. You know, I, I wasn't camping by all means, but I was staying in hotels every night. But still, I was carrying yeah. all my stuff. So that bike was heavy. There's a place as you go across the Rockies called Monarch Pass. And I remember this well yeah. because I've done it twice now. It's 11,312 feet. I've pedaled that big, heavy dude up that mountain twice, got to the top, collapsed, celebrated, and then just just took myself back down the hill and headed for the Atlantic. Well, the, the downhill is much funner, eh? Hey? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, except if you're, if you're, you know, going downhill too fast for a non-bicyclist, man, that dude can start shaking a little bit. You go, oh my God, slow down, hit the brakes, ride the brakes all the way down. That's me. That's not pros like you guys. That's just me. <laughs> it wasn't like a, a brake, like you had to pedal backwards to break the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> no, we moved past the 1970s bikes, but. Uh, <laughs> okay, thank goodness. Yeah, thank goodness. But, but still, yeah. Well, so. So how many days did you say? 48 days? 48 days. That was the first one. It was, a, it was an average of 83 miles a day. No break in between. 83 miles a day for a non-bicyclist. Now, granted, I had yeah. strong legs. I had a strong heart. I was a jogger. I was a runner. I believed in my body. And more than that, I believed in my will. I believed that if I want to do something and if I have the basic foundation to do it, I can succeed. And so that's that was a testament to that. Yeah. Well, would you think of yourself as an impulsive person? No, I just think of myself as a person that realizes he's got one life. And, you know, at the end of my life, I don't want to be thinking as I look at the scrapbook of my life thinking, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have done that. That's not me. I, I want to make sure at the end of my life that I look at the scrapbook and the pictures that I lived and say, job well done, life well lived. That's who I am. I think the greatest gift that any of us can give ourselves as a self-awareness that life is short and we get only one of these guys. And, you know, there's no reason to let fear ever stop us in what we want to do. I'm a big believer in listening to the whispers in your heart, those whispers that you hear that say, wow, Joe, that'd be a cool idea. Uh, man, that would be neat to do. I'm a guy that listens to those because those, those are what show me my natural potential. Huh. Well, I, I'm afraid I have too much of that uh, thinking ahead and imagining the things that could go wrong <laughs> and letting it make me pause, which is not a problem you have. No, you know, I don't, I don't, I, the very first time I pedaled a bike across the country, I remember being in a truck stop around Salt Lake City. And at that time, I was pretty damn proud of myself for how far I had gone, what I had achieved. So I remember, you know, taking my little two wheeler and I'm up there in this coffee truck stop with all these big four wheelers. I'm, I'm standing my bike next, I'm going inside, you know, with all the truckers and, and on the wall there, there's this big giant map of the United States. And I say, oh, wow, that's so cool. Let's go see what we've done. And I remember sticking my, my finger on the left-hand side and said, oh, right there, San Francisco, right near there. That's where I started. 
and I move across the country and there's a part that says you are here. And then I look at everything beyond the you are here and I've got like four fifths (laughs) and I'm absolutely wiped out and tired, exhausted in every way. And, And right there, that was a giant lesson for me. You never, never, never look at the finish line when you're running a long race because when you do, your brain will go nuts and crazy and remind you of every single reason why you can't, why you shouldn't and why you need to stop now. Right. Yeah. Cause it was a lot less distance back to where you started. Right. To right. Get to the so, finish. you know, I've learned, I've learned that when I set a big goal, I am never like, for example, this wasn't a, this wasn't a, t- a tough one as far as miles. This one I just got back from on Saturday, actually walking across Spain, 250 miles. Uh, but it was one of my toughest ones because it was called the, the Primitivo. And many of these mountains that I had to go up and over literally were 45 degrees up, 45 degrees down, 45 up, 45 down, 45 up on raw paths. And, and, you know, you can never start when you're out there. You can never start looking at thinking, oh, my God, I've got to go, you know, how many more days more up and down over these things? Because all of a sudden you start psyching yourself out and you just say, why do I do this? Why do I want to do this? And so all you're really focused on, all I am focused on It's just getting to the next, just getting to the end of the day. And at the end of the day, I just say to myself, man, congratulations, success, job well done. I'm not even thinking about what I have to do tomorrow. I'm just, I'm just clapping for what I've done. I've run a couple of marathons. And if you start thinking about 26.2 from the very, very beginning, you get overwhelmed if you're a non-runner. But if you're a non-runner and you've started training, you get to mile one you go, I can do mile two. And that's all I'm thinking about, mile two. You think about mile five. You get to mile five and you have a little celebration. You think about mile 10. And if you take baby steps, that's how you accomplish big goals. Huh. Interesting. When I first moved to Colorado, I moved there so that I could do adventures. I was going to rock climb. And, you know, of course, there were these beautiful foothills behind the town. And I was for sure going to climb all those. And, um, and I was gone traveling during the week, but every weekend I'd come back and the first, and after like two weekends of coming back and not doing anything, I sat down with myself and said, what in the hell are you doing? You're not doing your adventures. And so I went and I bought a journal, a blank journal, and I committed that I was going to every weekend, at least once I was going to write down my adventure that I did that weekend. And I more or less followed that for, I don't know how many years, 10 years until the journal was full. And uh, by then I was in a habit, but I I always found that the knowledge that I was going to get to write up the story of what I did helped me to persevere. Now, of course, I never did anything that took 48 days. Well, the good thing is, is that you have the self-awareness that you knew what it took to succeed before. And so now it's just to remind yourself that that's what I did before. Why not start that again? I mean, oftentimes success is not rocket science. I mean, the principles are pretty damn easy. The problem is, the problem is, is accountability. I mean, we've got to build accountability systems into our life if we want to live the life we want to live. It starts with in the morning. It starts with what you do in the day. It starts with what you put in your head. It starts with what you feel. It starts with what you do. But yet when we have the power to be able to do all of those things, when we know we can and then we fail to do so, and that's on us. 
that's on us just choosing to be mediocre. But when we practice and put in accountability systems to actually do that, then we have the chance to really, you know, live extraordinary lives. Hmm. Well, so uh, tell us a little bit about this uh, 250 mile trek. Is this like an established trail that is a popular trek? I, I, you, you named it, but I, I not recognize the name. In Europe, there is uh, a very, very famous trek. They're called the Camino de Santiago, and it's and you, I, I believe there's seven, eight, nine different paths to get to a place called Santiago, Spain, which was an original pilgrimage that people pursued hundreds, thousands years ago for religious, spiritual reasons, whatever it might be. In modern times, people have a number of reasons for wanting to walk to Santiago, either for the adventure, the the athletic achievement, whatever it might be. Anyway, this particular walk, the Camino Primitivo, which ends in Santiago, because all of these routes across Europe end up intersecting in the city. So, for example, I've walked different Camino de Santiago routes called Le Puy, which started in in, uh, in in France. And then I've walked one that started at Lisbon, Portugal, and walked up the coast of Portugal. This particular one was in Spain. The Primitivo is one that there's not a lot of people on. Yes, there are there, it is a, there is a trail that you follow. There's yellow arrows. There's yellow arrows when you're out in the middle of the boonies that point where you need to go or some sort of marker that points turn left, turn right, go up, go down. But the Primitivo is so raw and so primitive. Primitivo, like the word primitive, it's still very primitive landscape. You can find a bed every night, but sometimes you have to walk for miles and miles and miles to get to that next small town. And you're not walking to a place that has a Ritz-Carlton. You're walking to a place that might have a building that's 400 years old that's been renovated slightly and you're staying in a room that you're just so lucky to be in, but it's nothing fancy at all. But So the Primitivo is pretty raw. The route's raw. It's up and down. It's not, it's, it's not a joyous adventure. It's an adventure that you find the best within yourself of pushing yourself physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Right. Uh, well, how many days did 250 miles take? Uh, that was 16. All right. So that was a walk in the park for you. Well, not, you know, again, you, you, you know, we were, it's been a year and a half since I was able to really travel to a country because of the situation that the world has been in. And, you, you know, I've been training at sea level. I'm in Marina del Rey, California, sea level, pretty much zero. Uh-huh. So when you're having to climb, you know, elevation, those first seven days, honestly, they were a big giant biatch. And uh, it, 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 took, it took those first seven days before I started to find my best, my best legs, my best heart, my best attitude. And up until those first seven days, it's all about just survival. You're just trying to get through it. You, you, you start to lose, uh, your toenails start to really bother you. Your knees start to ache. You start to get giant blisters. I mean, this is the thing. You start walking 15 miles every day up hills carrying a 25-pound backpack. You know, it's, it's something that your body has to get used to doing. But yet the last five, six days of this particular walk were completely invigorating, and I felt like I'd found my strongest self again. <laughs> That's great. So it didn't sound like you did any training for your bicycle ride. You went to REI and bought a bike and set off the next day. Did you do any training to for the 250-mile trek? Well, I'm, I'm 58 now. I'll be 59 in November. And I'll tell you what, I, I am a big walker. I walk everywhere, every day, 
all the time. And I've been doing this for years now. I mean, I, I believe that if you don't use your body, you will start to lose your body. I believe that we grow as old as we let ourselves grow sometimes. And, and so I'm constantly walking every single week, uh, you know, 25, 30 plus miles. Now that's not it. If you if you're walking that in a week, that doesn't mean that walking 20 miles in a day and then teeing it up the next day and walking 15 after that, it doesn't mean it's easy. But at least you have a base, you have a foundation. You know your knees yeah. work, your back works, your shoulders work, and your attitude works. You get all those things functioning. You got a shot at it. Yeah, yeah. You're not rolling off the couch. I'm I not sitting there walk, buying imaginary vows with Vanna and Pat. You know, on TV. I'm not doing that. Awesome. So, what do you do? During the, I don't know, 12 hours a day when you are hiking, what, well, are you like listening to music? Uh, you know, uh, are you talking with fellow travelers? How, how are you spending the time? You know, I believe that I, my body can handle, I, I can go for seven, maybe eight hours a day. And I can, I, can, I can push that. And I can even do that with only a couple of five minute, 10 minute breaks. I can push that. But after that, I start, I start okay. to feel my body, my body saying, you need to land this dude now. And, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm timing okay. it. And I'm also a big believer, if you want to accomplish a big goal, you don't, you don't, you don't start walking at 9am or 10am and you got to go early because the more miles we get done early, psychologically, it, it, it sets you up for success rather than having to chase the day all, long, all day long and go, oh my God, I still have 12 miles to go today and I'm already wiped out. So, you know, I'll land the plane after about seven or eight hours. So what am I doing in those seven eight or eight hours? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in nature. I'm thinking. I'm focused on the trail. I'm focused on my breathing. I'm focused on the body. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm getting to places. I'm noticing things. I'm, thoughts run through your brain. It's just a whole assortment of things. Although I took my, my music with me, not once did I listen to it because there's so much music going on around you. There's so much to be aware around you. So it was sort of like a, a meditation kind of a thing. You get into like a zone. Yeah, but but also, you know, you on some of the, especially this one, you really got to focus on where you're walking because if it's a rough trail and you're going up a mountain or going down a mountain and the, the, the trail is rocky, you're watching where you're placing every foot. You make one mistake and you either jab the you know, jab a rock in the middle of your shoe and then all of a sudden you start to bruise your foot or you slip on a rock and you twist your ankle, you can really screw yourself up there. So you're focusing on the path. I mean, you got to stay alert. You can't, you cannot watch where your feet are being placed. Uh, you have to watch where your feet are being placed. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, you have to watch. You 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 got to watch because if you start going, oh my God, look at that, look at that tree over that bird over there. And all of a sudden, you run into a rock. Well, you've just injured yourself, and you're you know you're seven miles from getting any kind of help. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm uh, so I'm I'm somewhat familiar with that sort of thing. Um, doing a mountaineering and and just trekking, hiking in the Colorado mountains is it can be rough in in the same sort of way, even if it's not day after day after day. There can be long days, and and you can be a long way from help if you make a mistake. So, paying attention to what you're doing very important. I'm assuming that you're not such a lucky fellow that everything always goes well for you. The there's some randomness, and sometimes things don't go well. Uh, I mean, can you have an example that you could tell us about, and you know how you managed to get through it? Yeah, it's pretty much impossible to even do a hike like this and things go well. I mean, you know, my, I mean, my, I had my feet so taped up because, 
you know, blisters and I was losing a toenail and, and, you know, just things happen. I remember on this particular one, I, I was up in the Spanish mountains and on one particular day, it just happened to be the day that I was climbing the, the highest peak. It just happened to rain the freaking ass hardest that day. And yeah. so I'm trying to go up this hill. I'm slipping, I'm sliding, I'm cussing. I'm making up cuss words that have never even been heard before because I'm just so damn wet and cold. I mean, it's just freezing and I'm cold and I always walk in shorts. I get to the very, very top and my body is so wet. My socks are so wet. I try to find cover. I literally get naked up there to put on warm, dry clothes because I got to make it down the other side. You're not, you're not singing Dixie up there at a time like that. You're not, you know, it's, it's, it's about survival and it's about, you know, getting your act together, finding your best attitude again, trying to get warm, trying to get out of these wet clothes, you know, so, but you keep going and that's life because life, life happens to all of us. Your dog gets sick unexpectedly and it goes to the vet and you ring up a $1,200 vet bill. All of a sudden something happens and you, you get another assignment at work and you're working with a client that you absolutely hate. You, you, you know, you, someone close to your life you know, they pass away. You get into an argument with your spouse. Your neighbor all of a sudden builds a fence that's so obnoxious and you hate it. I mean, life happens. There's a million things that happen to us all the time. And it's how we flow, how we flow with our bad stuff that continues how we're going to come out the other side. We might not be able to determine the seeds that are planted in our life, but we can determine whether those seeds grow into weeds or into trees. We determine how the seeds and what happens grows. So on this hike, every single day, there were challenges. Every single day, you had to find your best attitude to live, survive through the challenge. Yeah, I can imagine if you had a negative attitude, it would sure eat at you hour after hour and day after day. Well, let me ask you a question, Sean. You don't seem like you're like, uh, despite all of the adventures you've done, that you're like wrapping it up. What drives you to keep going on adventure after adventure? Uh, the, the fact that one day the adventures end. I, I mean, I why should I wrap it up? I mean, as, as far as being a professional, I'm, I, I think my best books are still to be written. I think my best speeches are still to be held. I think, I think my biggest audiences are still to be reached because why should I start to wrap it up? My passion is huge. My purpose is big. I'm smarter than I've ever been. I'm more wise than I've ever been only because I failed more than I ever have. And every time that we fail, we should be a little bit smarter about not how to fail the next time. So, so really, I think sometimes people, they, they, they paint getting old in a wrong way. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not less than I used to be, but I focus on the more that I am than I used to be. And, and I have no intention of letting my brain think any differently than that. Now, maybe something will happen. Maybe I'll get hit by a massive wave of whatever tomorrow and a, something happens. But until then, until then, I'm not waving no white flag. I'm waving a flag that reminds other people to get going. Yeah. Well, so on that note, I'm going to ask you to give me some advice. And I don't want to say here to the audience that everybody ought to have an adventurous heart. And if I was to go that direction, it would be, well, adventure is in the eye of the beholder. So people probably should stretch themselves. 
But when I say adventure, I'm thinking of things like I think you think of things, big things. When I was younger, I used to do bigger things. I, you know, I've climbed mountains in different countries, and and those were multi-day, multi-week efforts. And you know, and I climbed all the 14ers, a lot of them solo. And I had a drive to do these things. And as I got older, not so long ago, really, as I got into cycling, but also I was starting a family. I started thinking, gosh, you know, these are really risky things and I don't want to die. You know, I used to be content with, I was going to try my hardest not to, but if it happened, it happened at least doing something I loved. But then I started saying, you know, I think that's not good enough. I think I just want to not die. And uh, so I started narrowing my adventures smaller and smaller and, uh, you know, eventually I wasn't doing anything except riding my bicycle. Of course, that's not without adventure uh, out on the public roads. There's lots of opportunity for mayhem out there. But still, it, it felt like I was being a safer person uh, doing that. But as I look back, and even more to the point, as I look ahead, I start to miss who I was. I start to miss having adventures. I don't have adventures anymore. So what would you say to me, Sean, as, as somebody who wishes they did have an adventurous heart? What would you say? First off, every time you say hello to a stranger and start a conversation, you've created an opportunity for adventure to happen. I mean, by taking the by taking the risk and saying hello to someone else new, you have the opportunity to explore new ideas, new thoughts, new things. I mean, that's living with adventure. It's not just about what we do physically, but it's how we live in other ways, too. Uh, my big thing, and, I, and again, I can only speak for me, Joe. My big thing is... Uh, I think that sometimes people, people are so worried about, you know, living not to die that they die while they're living. And, uh, and, and that's, that's a big deal for me. I, I first off, I, I never take on any adventure that I feel like I've risked my life. I've never taken that. I mean, I'm not talking about climbing Everest. It's first off, it's not my passion. It's not my goal. It's, 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 it's not who I am, but there is no reason. There is no reason why any of us can't go hike Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu, the three or four day hike through the jungle where you've got Sherpas carrying your stuff and you get to camp and you get to go see the, you know, the, 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 the Peruvians, how they lived what, 1,000, 1,200 years ago, whatever. There's no reason any of us can't go live an adventure like that. You're not going to certainly die. But yet what it adds to your life, the spark that it adds mm. to your heart and how you live and how it increases the passion with which you exist changes everything about your life. It changes how you interact with your friends, how you interact with your family, how you interact with yourself. The more passion you bring to those relationships, the more that you just want to create adventure. And again, adventures in conversations, it's in going to the store, it's in however you do, it's, it's the eyes that you see life don't become mundane, you don't see the average, but you see, wow, that's, that's cool. Adventure doesn't have to be lived walking 750 miles huh. across Shikoku, Japan, through Buddhist temples that are 1200 years old. If you can do it, that's pretty awesome, but it doesn't have to be that. 
So why not take baby steps and just saying, the first step is just saying, I choose to be an adventurous guy and that's who I am. Start believing that in your heart and you start seeing through eyes of that guy. Huh. Well, and and maybe the motivation is that I'm working my way up to trekking across Japan. Maybe so, if you choose to give yourself such a phenomenal, awesome gift. But who would really dare give themselves such an awesome, phenomenal gift, right? Well, right. I mean, I mean y- yes. <laughs> um, you know, big goals are are for the seeking, not always for the achieving. Yeah, you know, and that's an interesting thing about that, Joe, and I apologize. Let me just stop for a second. You know, uh-huh. when I walk into Santiago, Spain, when I finished that, I, I wasn't celebrating like, way to go, way to go, you accomplished this awesome goal. To me, that's not the thrill of it. The thrill is not making it to the finish line. And, and th- this is such a pure statement I'm about to give you. The thrill of it is honestly what I had to fight through and do every single day. The thrill of it was making it that, to, to the top of that mountain out in the middle. Those are what I remember, not the finish line. My goals yeah. are not truly about getting to the end. My goals are truly about walking the whole race. Right. Well, that, uh, that makes sense. And, and, and as I think back on the person who I used to be who did do adventures, it's always a pleasure to be able to look at the name of a mountain on a map and say, I climbed that. That's, that's always nice. And I've got a lot of those in Colorado that I can say that about. But the memories come from the moments in the middle when either moments of beauty where you see something that was just breathtaking or a moment where you weren't sure you were gonna get home and you had to apply every amount of skill and concentration to get out of there. <laughs> uh, those, those are the things that I, I remember. In fact, some, those are the things that wake me, that used to wake me up at night in nightmares, where, where in my dream I didn't make it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Fortunately, in reality, I did. Um, but, you know, the, the whole thought of the experience of thinking you might die but not dying, that that is, uh, that's very adventurous. You know, I think people just get too used to living inside their comfort zone. And it's something that we hear all the time, our comfort zone, our circle of comfort, whatever. And how can life be anything other than mediocre and mundane when we continue to continue to create the same events for us all the time? We know how that yeah. plays out. We know what that's about. Why not, you know, why not watch your favorite movie 17 times if that's what it is? Because that's how, that's like when you continue to, when you fail to step outside your comfort zone, it's like watching your same life 17 times over and over. It's like reliving Groundhog Day over and over and over. I know how this day ends. Monday turns into Tuesday, turns into Thursday, turns into January, March, 2021, 2024. They all become one and the same. 
it's up to you. If you if you want that, it's yours. It's easy to have. Living in mediocre, mundane life and staying inside your comfort zone. My God, the whole world, for the most part, lives that way. So who can blame you if you choose to, too? It's just not how I want to live. Remember at the very beginning of this, I described myself as an ordinary guy. Look, I was not born with any blessings. I was not born with the privileges of wealth or power or, you know, any great athletic skill. But I was I was. I developed a heart that truly understood that this is all I get. Who cares if I fail? Who cares if I do this? Just live, man. Just live. Live this mystery, this adventure called life. Quit sticking your ass on the couch at night watching some stupid series you could care less about. Why not investigate on the internet and go, oh my gosh, that looks like a cool trip. Let me do that trip. And it doesn't have to be traveling across the world to Thailand. It can be, you live in Colorado. There are so many brilliant, beautiful adventures to be had just miles from your home in Colorado, right? Yeah, yeah. Glenn, were you going to say something? Yeah, I just I was saying how um, he he makes some fantastic points. I think one of the problems is that people, as they get older, they tend to kind of they think, well, you know, I, I need to slow down, and you know, I'm I'm getting older, and I can't do as much, I can't exercise as much, and I see this in myself sometimes, and that's why I'm always trying to push myself to the next level. Like, let's do this race, let's do a hill climb, let's not do flat races. I got a big hilly race coming up in about a week, in fact. Um, so I'm preparing for that one. But it's I think it's true that as we get older, we tend to slow down. I think the whole point you're making is great is that we want to encourage our people and our listeners to really think about, you know, moving forward to the next adventure, so to speak. Yeah, it's resonating with me, this idea of get out of your comfort zone, you know, whether it's taking a freaking cold shower in the morning or climbing <laughs> a mountain, uh, get get uncomfortable, stretch yourself, because the alternative is you'll shrink to fit whatever role you give yourself. If if you are never anything but comfortable and safe, then that's all you'll be able to tolerate at some point. So why strengthen yourself? Yeah. And I think I think it, it's a fair question to ask yourself, do I do I want to die my last breath, my last thought, thinking, oh my, that was a comfortable life. Oh, good for you, Sean. Way to live a comfortable life. I think the cemetery is full with a lot of people that live comfortable lives. I I, yeah. I don't really yeah. want to be one. I don't, I don't want to be one. I mean, I, I live on this mysterious big blue, green, brown globe. There's so many cool places to see, cool places to meet, cool cultures to know. I, I want to know them. I, I don't get excited by looking at pictures in a book. I, I get excited about writing about my own pictures, right? And I, I, I don't want to be the guy that lives through other people's stories. I want to be the guy. I am the guy that writes the stories. Well, what's your next book going to be about? I don't know right now. I don't know. I've written seven. My last book, The Four Fibs, went number one on Amazon in self-help yeah. and motivation. And uh, I'm, I'm, you know, we're, we're, we're working hard. My team and I are working hard just promoting that one okay. and getting that one out and, and continuing to spread that. Uh, I'm excited about whatever is next, though. I certainly have a lot of ideas in my head. I have a nonprofit I created also. It's called Extra yeah. Mile America. And one thing that I'm known about is I created a day in America called Extra Mile Day. It started in 2009. 
And at that point, I was big on this whole theme of going the extra mile. If you want to create change in your life, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over. So you go the extra mile. Uh, I was pedaling a bike across the United States at that point. It is a symbol of what it meant to go the extra mile. This was the second time. And uh, uh, as I was pedaling across the country, um, in my Forrest Gump sort of symbol, the real power of that tour was we created motivational events in 21 cities with the mayors of those cities where I had the privilege of interviewing over 200 people who had been identified as having gone the extra mile in life in, in achieving something great or in overcoming a huge obstacle that made a difference for a, a lot of people. At the end of that ride, I gave away $10,000 of my own money to the stories most inspiring. But the real power of that tour and how it how it how it's continued to grow since 2009 is I came up with this idea on November 1st, 2009, have the mayors recognize the extra mile heroes in their communities who were doing great things in volunteerism and service, recognize them. That first year, I was ecstatic. The 23 crazy mayors said, we want extra mile day. Well, extra mile days continued every year since then, last year, November 1st, there weren't 23 mayors that jumped on board. There were 512 mayors that jumped on board. Nice. So this year, Extra Mile Day continues on November 1st. And what we've done is we've created a vehicle that people around the country now can be celebrated who are going the extra mile in volunteerism and service to make the world better. Because that's the real message of my whole life is go the extra mile. You go the extra mile for your health. You go the extra mile for your passion. You go the extra mile for your purpose. You go the extra mile for your neighbor. You go the extra mile for your spouse. You go the extra mile in your work. Because the more you go the extra mile, the more you turn your life upside down in a remarkable way. Hmm. And getting out of your comfort zone. Every day. Yeah. Every single day. Awesome. Well, Sean, this has been very interesting for me. Uh, you've really got my head spinning. I'm, I'm determined to be more of what I was. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a bigger person. Thank you. You're welcome, Joe. I, Joe, I do have one question for you. Okay. With that philosophy in mind, what are you going to do next? I knew that was coming. <laughs> I don't know, but it'll be big. Well, can you promise me that at least you'll think about it? And maybe if I could just give a, a suggestion out there. Sure. Start your, start your journal again. You've already identified that as being something that really – made a difference in your life and how you how you it started pushing you and you could read and feel the passion why not just take a baby step and you know write five minutes a day and just try that for two weeks and see what changes you create in yourself why wouldn't i do that good idea <laughs> because sometimes we just are our greatest sabotagers man we we think that the world is sabotaging us or everyone's out to get us but i'll tell you what if we want to see the person out to get us the most all we have to do is stand two minutes in front of a mirror and keep staring. Yes. Yes. Very good point. Well, Sean, uh, I want to give you a chance to tell our listeners how they can find you and maybe, you know, name some of your books. I assume you're on Amazon. Sure. And so, I mean, if people want, were interested in knowing more about these things that you've been telling us about, how would they find it? Well, if, if anything that we've talked about that I've maybe said today has resonated with anybody and they thought, you know what, I, I, I would like to live with a little more passion or purpose. Every single Thursday, 
for 497 Thursdays. I have written a blog that comes out called Extra Mile Thursday. And it's a free <laughs> blog. And in that blog, I, I do what I can to push you up your mountain or maybe pull, pull you up too. But I write something inspiring or something, some sort of little story and I always transition into a life lesson. And the more that we continue to fill our brains with inspiring, empowering, encouraging stuff, the more that we become encouraging, inspiring, and empowering people. So just go to my website, seananderson.com, Sean, S-H-A-W-N, Anderson, A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N, seananderson.com. You'll have an opportunity to sign up for free, Extra Mile Thursday. And what I promise you every single week is to give you my extra mile best. I will never miss a week. 497, I think, is now what we were up to in a row. That's quite a streak. Yep. Well, that's great. I'm going to put that in the show notes as well for anybody who wasn't able to take notes here so that they'll be able to find you there. And with that, I'll just say thank you once again. Thanks for sharing your stories and for your excellent advice. Yes. Thank you, Sean. Really sure appreciate it. It's good stuff. Joe, Glenn, my privilege today. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening in to my discussion with Sean Anderson about living with an adventurous heart. And thanks to Sean for taking some time to help us find our own adventurous hearts. And if you head over to wiseathletes.com, you can send us a question to address on our podcast, see all of our episodes, subscribe to our podcast, and you can sign up for our newsletter. If you are on social media and enjoyed this episode, please post about it. That'll be a great help. Thanks again.